This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We started the series last week called The Strongest Voice. So let's pray, and we're going we're to jump into that again. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to come and to, to worship you and to receive your word. We're grateful for that. It's a privilege. There's a lot of things we could be doing, but this is valuable, and we treat it as such. And so I ask you tonight, Father, that you would enable me to speak your word clearly, accurately, boldly, and that our hearts are open, open to receive what you have. Because all of us deal with stuff. And Father, you have answers for all the stuff that we deal with. So we thank you tonight. We expect something good from you. In Jesus' name, amen. On the strongest voice, our text scripture has been 1 Corinthians 14 that says there are there, there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. There's a lot of voices out there and we begin to talk about the voices in our life. We talked about the past. There's a voice of the past, but how you grew up, what people said to you, uh, past experience, especially from parents, how, what, uh, what kind of environment that you grew up in. Uh, the, the past experiences, good and bad, voices in our life, they keep saying something. The world says something, the flesh, um, is talking, the world without God is talking. And I, 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 touched, on, <laughs> I touched on something, uh, I want to clarify just a little bit, it, uh, because it seemed to strike a nerve, because after the service was over, everyone was talking to me, we were all talking back there in the, in the back about music. And we started talking about words. My, my, I, what I said was, if you're going through a hard time, you really want to watch, especially what kind of music you listen to. And um, I, I want you to understand that I am... I am not categorically against all kinds of secular music. Um, I grew up with music. I loved music growing up. I mean, when my parents wanted to punish me or ground me, they would take my radio because I just loved music. And I loved all kinds of music. I grew up in, the, in the, maybe the last great decade of music, which was the 70s. And uh, I realize that's a very debatable topic, but I, I, I loved that music and I, and I listened to all kinds. And so I... I was anything from, from Led Zeppelin to Earth, Wind, and Fire to the Eagles to the Doobie Brothers and, and uh, then Leonard Skinner and then Parliament. I did it all. <laughs> and so um, music was, was a part. So I love music. Now, I, I wanted to talk to parents just for a second because a lot of times parents say, well, my child, especially as my child gets older, they listen to music and I can't stand their music. What do I do about that? I think every family is going to have to figure out how they want to handle that. Um, there isn't anything in the scripture that says, thou shalt only listen to church music. Um, and, and Now, Joy and I, early on with our kids, they, they can tell you, we took a hardline stance early on. We were just like, no, bless God, there's going to be no secular music in our house. None. And so, we, man, we put the lockdown on that. It became a battlefield. And, uh, and then I remember I'd, I'd come in one day and I, was, I traveled in sales and I was on the road a lot. Sometimes when I'd get sleepy, especially I would cut the radio on uh, to a, like a 70s station and uh, help me wake up. And so the Lord's like, you're a hypocrite. And I'm like, you won't let your kids listen to secular music, you do. I'm like, well, Lord, mine is good music. <laughs> So here's, 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 what, here's what, every family's going to have to determine what works for them. 
So we just told our kids, and, and this is just a parenting tip for those of you who are, your kids are gone, you can just sit back and smile. But um, uh, for our children, we just said, hey, listen, you, you can listen. Because here's the deal. They're going to listen to it anyway. And they will go find some place to listen to. And so we said, fine, you can listen to it in our house, but do not bring anything in the house that you know we're not going to like. It's disrespectful. And Matthew, uh, I said, he was in the age of Marilyn Manson and the Nine Inch Nails. I said, we ain't doing that. He said, you're not bringing that in. But actually, it actually became a place that we were able to connect. Matt's tastes were all over the map. And in fact, I walked past his room one day and had some music playing and I, and I stopped and went, oh my gosh, that sounds like it actually has a melody. <laughs> and we laughed, but he, we connected some over Coldplay because I thought they did, a, they, they did a good job. Very pretty music. So I, I wanted you to hear what I was saying on that. So it's, sometimes people say, well, we're just, you know, you, you work it out with your own family. But don't make, it, don't make it the dividing line in your family that tears your family apart. Does that make sense? And if you're going through a hard time, I'm just, I'm just telling you, some of the music, if you're going through a difficult time, music has a way of sticking with you. And Joy and I, we laughed because when we started dating, one of the things we determined we could not connect on was music. She had a, a difficult high school year. Some of her years were just very, very hard. And so my school years were good, so I'd hear a song, I'm like, oh, I love this song. She's like, I don't like this song. We listened to another song, she said, oh, I'd say, oh, I love that song. She said, I don't like that song. I finally like, you don't like much of anything, do, do you? And she didn't. And so it, it, music wasn't something that we connected with. But it, it really depends. You just, you, you want to be careful in this area. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? You want to use wisdom. If, man, if you're having marriage problems and you're listening to music that's talking about you know, there are no good women, no good men, you know, just might as, well, might as well just party and get drunk and, you know, forget it. I don't know if there is a song like that, but that's good. <laughs> that kind of encapsulates a lot of country music. I, I will say this, Alan, you, you, you didn't mention country music. I listened to country music when I first came to Texas. I'd never listened to it before. I was a preppy uh, from North Carolina. When I came down here, I sold Western wear. And so I'm at rodeos and Western wear, and everyone listened to country music. So I started listening to country music. Here's something interesting. I grew up in a family where my parents, uh, until my father went home to be with heaven, I think they were married 60-some years. So I grew up in, in, the, in the family that marriage worked. And you just you worked it through. I'm sitting in a red light in Houston, Texas, and I'm listening to a song. On, I don't know who it was. And the thought hit me, you'll probably get divorced because everybody singing was divorced. And, 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 I, and, and I thought to myself, wait a minute. Where did that thought come from? Because I don't even think that way. I never thought that. I, I just thought, no, marriage works. You, you, you might slug it out, but it's going to, not physically, but you're going to work it out. <laughs> so you really have to clarify, clarify things, don't you? So what, what I'm saying is, just be careful what you're listening to. And... If it, if it, especially if it mocks God and if it's profane and some music is just absolutely profane and I know every generation thinks that the next generation's music stinks, I got it 
I will say something about music from the 50s, 60s, and 70s. It was cleaner. We didn't say that it's, we, they insinuated things. Now they just tell you over and over and over again. And let's get off that high horse, all right? We talked about our own voice, the voice that, that we hear in our own heart, that uh, often condemning voices. So, but I want to talk a little bit about the good voices. We talked last week about the voices of godly influence, people who can help us see God's perspective. We all need those in our life. This is why we encourage people, don't just come to a big church, uh, plug in. The best way to enjoy church is to be a part of it, so plug in. So if you can be a part of one of our teams, if you, one of our serving teams, if you can get one of our classes, you want to do some, because it's good to have other people around you. I talked to a couple Sunday. They, had, they said, hey, we've been vaccinated. We just came back. We're so glad to be back. And I heard her say something I thought was very interesting. She's a young lady. She said, it's good for me to see other believers. She said, because sometimes if you're just all isolated, you think, does anybody believe this stuff? Does anybody love God? Does anybody? And it's good just to come into church and go, hey, there are people that love God. There are people that believe this. I'm not by myself. I thought she had a great point. And this is why I encourage people. Listen, if you're, I know if you're watching online, if you can come, if you're in our area, please come. You will find it is different being here than it is online. And you're, and you're not, because you get to see other people. When you're online, it's just you and your underwear and a bowl of cereal. And, and, <laughs> but when you come in, you, you get surrounded by a lot of other people. No cereal and, and properly dressed. So it's... Uh, it works well. All right. Hey, listen. <laughs> if, we, if we can't laugh in church, where are we going to laugh? <laughs> She's getting all the medicine she needs. You know, the Bible said a merry heart does good like a medicine. She's just like, I'm going to take a big dose tonight. Okay. Here's another good voice, the voice of the Holy Spirit. We talked a number of weeks about the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, however, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but what he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. The thing about the Holy Spirit is he will guide us into truth. He will give us insight into what's coming. Uh, it, now, a whole nother, this is a series, but you have to really listen for his voice because he doesn't shout. He nudges. There's often a still small voice but it's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And then there is, what I really want to focus on tonight is the voice of God's word, which should become the most important and strongest voice in our life. I'm going to say that again. The voice of God's word, which should become the most important and the strongest voice in our life. Jesus, Jesus said it this way in Luke 4. Jesus, he was, he was addressing the enemy, Satan. Jesus answered him saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And so I, I want to talk a little bit tonight about assigning value to God's word and, and, and looking at it from a different perspective. And I realize I'm talking to people who are either watching online on Wednesday night or you're here on Wednesday night. And typically what I find is on Wednesday nights we teach a little bit more, we go into things a little bit more, but usually these are people that, that have a, a, an appreciation for God's word, and that's good. Because we need to be able to assign value to God's word itself. Second Timothy, the third chapter. 
said, and that from childhood you've known, Paul was writing to Timothy, if you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God or the person of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, let me just talk a little bit about that. Jesus said something, and he said it a, a number of times in the Gospels. He said, what measure you use, it will be measured back to you. What he's talking about is, is not necessarily a measuring stick, but we could say it this way. The value you assign to God's word is the value you're going to get out of it. If it's, if it's a drudgery, then you're not going to get much out. If it's a treasure, you will. And so how we treat it and how we, how we treat and I, and I, I grew up a number of years ago when, when Joey and I were first married, I noticed there was, there was something that was taking place that's a little bit different than it was now. Back during that time, there was what was called, probably you could call it an emphasis of God. Some people call it a move of God. But there was a strong emphasis of God on the, the preaching and teaching of God's word. And there were conferences, and there were a lot of things, and, and people were genuinely excited about God's Word. And Joy and I have, have often talked about it, that one of the most valuable things in our life is that's how we got started early in our relationship. We got started with this, we were part of this emphasis, and so God's Word became very, very valuable to us. And, and it became valuable as, as, a, as something in our lives. And so... We assigned a lot of value to it, and it's changed our life. And, and so it's, it's something that I, I really have a heart for, but I just noticed it over the years, is that you don't, I, I don't see, and I, this is no criticism of you, I just don't see generally in the church the excitement over God's Word. And, and so I'm on a, a, on a campaign to do everything I can to help us assign greater value to God's Word. If I can, if I can do that, just encourage you to begin to sign back. Because here's what Paul, Paul, when he's writing to Timothy, he said, he said the word is able to do these things. He said it's able to make us wise for salvation. It's able to teach us. Psalms 119, 130 says, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. You know, you read that and you think, well, you know, I'm, I'm pretty educated, I'm not simple. I think when it comes to spiritual things, we all are simple and we need, we need light. And so the entrance of God's word, it, it gives light. It gives spiritual light because you may, you may have numerous degrees, but spiritually you could still be very simple. And so we need God's word. God's word brings light. I encourage, I encourage people to do this. You know, you're always hearing me say, you know, read your, read your chapter, read 365. And I, and I think sometimes people hear it and they think, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my chapter. And, and it becomes almost like a Christian duty. It's like, okay, I know, I know, all right, I'm supposed to go to church. And I'm supposed to read my Bible. And I'm supposed to pray. <laughs> and if, that, if that's our attitude, you're not going to get as much out of it. I rem Anybody remember when you were 
dating? Okay, well, let's, let's go way back in the recesses of your mind. And, and, you know, I'm going to stop asking this group questions because I get, I get answers I don't want. That, 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 was kind of, that was kind of a rhetorical question. But if, 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 you, if you went on a date and you, and you went to the door, <laughs> well, this will date you. If you go to the door and your date answers the door and goes, oh, you know, We use me going to, not you, obviously, me going to the door, knocking on the door. If Joy came to the door and went, it's you. (laughs) Okay, yeah, we got a date tonight. Okay. Let's go. (laughs) How many of you begin to inherently think something's wrong there? If I just get, here's, here's some... I give parenting tips. Here's a dating tip. If someone does that to you, you need to make an exit plan. <laughs> if, if you're sitting there and you're sitting there across from them and they look at you and they're kind of like, they keep looking at their watch, that's not a good sign. If they look completely bored, that is not a good sign. If they're just like, oh, oh. when did we say this thing was going to end? That's not a good sign. Because you can tell there's no excitement there, right? Now, (laughs) we're not going to delve into dating. I'm trying to use that as as a, you want somebody to be at least a little bit excited, right? And if they're not, you you might want to think about, let's let's rethink this. How about, how do you think the Lord feels when we approach him and go, okay. No, I like you. I'm going to come talk to you. I, I just. <laughs> you seem to enjoy this more than anybody else. And you, you, you think so? Yeah, right there. So you, can, so you can hear me. Because you can't hear her because she's laughing so loud in your ear. Okay. See what you, see what you miss if you're not here. We got all kinds of interaction. How do you think the Lord feels if you're like, okay, I'm going to read my Bible. It's your word, Lord. Thank you. Okay. Is it church? How long is he going to preach tonight? <laughs> Wonder what's on. Did we tape anything? Do we? Do we? How many know it's going to be hard to get something out of that? But can you remember a time when you were genuinely excited? I think that's why the Bible says sometimes we need to stir up the gift of God in us. I think sometimes we need to remind ourselves, boy, you know what? God, your word's good. You know what? I bet you that this is Alan's theory. This is not scripture. I bet you when we're in heaven, I bet you there'll still be Bible classes taught by people like Paul, <laughs> Peter, Jesus, <laughs> do you want to be caught sleeping in one of Jesus' class? <laughs> no, you do not. Some big angel is going to smack you on top of the head and go, you need to wake up. No, here, here's, here's the thing. Sometimes we just have to simply stir ourselves up. But what, what if we assigned 
What if, what if someone came to you and said, hey, listen, if, if you'll read your chapter once a day, for every chapter you read, I'll give you $1,000. I'm sorry, did you say $1,000? Yes. Is that tax-free? Yeah, it's tax-free. No Social Security taken out of it? No, no, just $1,000 in cash if you read a chapter. Anybody get interested in reading a chapter? Somebody offered you that. Man, you'd pick that Bible up. you go, praise God. Oh, 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 and you have to read it out loud. But I get a thousand, right? You get a thousand. Okay, so let's go. It, it would change things. And, and yet the, the scriptures say that it can do so much in our lives. It's actually worth more than money. Because how many of you know there are, there are some problems in life, not enough money in the world. You can throw all the money you want to at it, and it's not going to solve it. But if things begin to change on the inside, then problems can, can turn around. People talk, I, I, I talk often about how when Joy and I were first married, that we had a difficult marriage. And you say, well, what, what happened? I guess you matured. Anybody know somebody that got older and meaner? Yeah, yeah. What is it tonight? What, it, it, this, <laughs> this rain getting into y'all's heads or what? We got mold growing somewhere. I did, did, this was not your chance, darling. This was not your chance. And if you're in trouble, I am not going to bail you. Don't call me. Do not call me. It, if it get, bro, you, you got to pass whatever you need to do. <laughs> boom, boom. You feel that bus just go over him? Boom, boom. <laughs> How long is this going to go tonight? Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. God's word has the ability to make us wise for salvation. It can teach us. The word, it says it, reproof. Reproof means a convincing conviction. An unshakable belief without the need for proof of, or evidence. As you read God's word, it, it can convince you of its truth. And you're like, I don't need anything else. I, I've, I've got this. It can correct us. <laughs> Correcting of error, setting a right or improvement. It, uh, correcting the, er the erroneous beliefs in our past. How many of you, after you, you, you became a believer, especially those of you who have been walking with him for a while, realized that some of your beliefs about things changed? You know, one of the things I've noticed that when, when people really begin to grow and they, and they grow in the Lord and really begin to walk with him, a, a lot of prejudice leaves. A lot of people raised in a bad prejudice environment, and after you got saved, it's like someone said, well, there's a lot of grace, there is no race. And so that can kind of correct us in that area. Training with respect to righteousness. Most of, most of our training was done in the dark. This is training in the light. How do we live? How do we walk? It makes us complete. The word qualifies us and equips us for every good work. If we sign value to it, it has value. You say, well, how, do I, how would I sign value? Well, one of the things that when you, as you begin to talk about 
and as you think about reading your, your Bible, don't say things like, I guess I have to read my Bible. Say something like, oh, I get to read my Bible. I love to read my Bible. I, I grew up in, well, my, the first place I really connected with spiritually was a Lakewood Church. John Osteen was the pastor. That's Joel's father. And John Osteen, the very first time I went there, I'll never forget, he would, he'd raise up. He said, this is my Bible. And we would say this together. He'd say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess. My heart is receptive. So my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. Never be the same in Jesus' name. And you think, well, you know, do, do we have to say that? No, you don't have to say it. But, but it's, it's good to say it. And it, it's good to assign value here. This, this, this book and the Lord's grace saved my marriage. Because I, I was reading and she was reading. And what happens, and I'm going to talk about this more next week, what happens is, as you begin to get God's words in you, it really, I think the, the word that keeps coming to me is it reprograms you. And you get reprogrammed and you're, you're thinking differently. The Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our mind. That's a reprogramming. And we begin to think differently. Here, here's another thing. We begin to see ourselves differently. And that's powerful. When it begins to, when the, on the image that we have of ourselves on the inside of us begins to change. That's a powerful thing. And what happens is when we begin to realize that it, it doesn't, when Joy and I begin to realize that we could walk in love, that we could have a, a close relationship, that we didn't have to argue and fuss all the time, that it didn't have to be so much pressure. You say, well, did, did, did one day did you, were you just kind of going along and all of a sudden, poof, you had a good marriage? No, it was a progressive thing. But here's the thing. You get two people who love God and will take his word and put it in their hearts, I'm telling you, two people can make a marriage work because God will help you. And, and things begin to change. And, and we, we laugh now at, at, at how bad it was then, but we rejoice now because it's, it's so rare that we have bad times. And when the kids left, we were so excited. <laughs> we're like, there they go. <laughs> we, no. You just, mm, and, and we love our children and, and we love our grandchildren. But here's the thing. We were able to build our lives around something different so that when the kids left, we had something. And, and we didn't have, it didn't have to divert to something else. And so... Man, I, I have such high value for this book. And just reading it has, has changed my life. I told Joy the other day, we've been having a, a running discussion on, on areas that we disagree. It's not a fight. We used to fight. Now it's just a, no, I don't agree with that. Well, I do. I don't. No big deal. And so I told, I told her today, I said, you know, I was reading the other day, and uh, I made the decision that I'm not going to do what I said. I, I, I just... As I was reading, light came. The entrance of his words give light. And light came, and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. And Joy's like, told you. <laughs> but but she, didn't, she, didn't, she didn't have to beat me about the head. She just let God's word change me. Isn't it great when you don't have to put pressure on somebody else? And that they want to change on their own, or they're changing on their own? Isn't that nice? 
That makes a marriage a whole lot better. It's like, bless God, I'm going to change him. I'm going to change him. Are you, are you sure? We can ask our friends over here if they've had that twerk. <laughs> No, 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 just don't. I, that was a rhetorical. That, that was rhetorical. <laughs> Y'all visitors? Y'all not visitors, right? <laughs> Here we go. Well, it's a couple of minutes. Let, 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 me, let me start this, and then we'll, we'll talk about it um, next week. Psalms, Psalms 1, 1 through 3. This, this is, again... In the Psalms, that he assigns a value to God's word. He said, blessed is the man. And, and you, you guys know that anytime you see the man, if you're a lady, you just state man as in mankind. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, or we could say in his word, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now, this is how the Psalms start. And so, this is, and I'll talk about some ways to assign value, but it starts off with voices we don't want to follow. And it says, it says Blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now, when we say ungodly, we're not necessarily talking about a serial killer. People think ungodly. They think, oh, wicked, that's a un... Really, it's counsel. It's not always negatively packaged. Ungodly, though actually that word means guilty or in the wrong. Something that's in the wrong. It's contrary to God, his ways and his, his words. It can include, include, can include, Modern philosophy and modern psychology. Not always. Now, please, if you're a psychologist, I, I, my family members have been helped by good Christian psychologists. So this, this is not, don't, don't paint me with that brush. But not all psychology is godly. And some of it is, and some of the philosophies and things that we just accept as this is the norm or not. I'll give you one. You got to look out for number one. People accept that as, yeah, that's true. Got to look out for number one. Number, well, if, unless number one is God, you got the wrong number one. And because it, we're to put Him first, right? So that counsel itself, that, that would be considered ungodly counsel. You say, well, Alan, everyone believes that. No, everyone doesn't. But blessed is the person who doesn't walk in that counsel. Here's another one. Marriage is 50-50. You ever hear that 50-50? Yeah. Some of you are thinking, oh, no, it's not. It's like, it's 100-0 on their side. No, no, no. no. But, but I, I can just tell you this. Whenever you try to take marriage and put it on a 50-50 basis, one, the, the scriptures are basically saying we're to lay down our lives for one another. But oftentimes in marriage, there are times when someone is doing more of the giving and someone is doing more of the taking, then that can change. So you ever just come up with that 50-50 stuff? I just, if we simply do what the scriptures say, if I love joy, as Christ loved the church, if I treat her with respect and honor, she honors and respects me, we're gonna, it's going to work. But the 50-50 but the stuff is like, I, I don't know who came up with that. Someone who wasn't married. Um, <laughs> Here's one, and, 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 and listen to me. Don't, don't cut me off on this one. 
You can do anything you set your mind to. Always, uh, I get so frustrated sometimes. They, they talk to athletes especially. You know, here, here's, a, here's a guy, 6'4", 225, got no body fat on him. He's been a marvelous athlete all his life. And they said, how'd you do it? And he goes, well, you can do anything you set your mind to. Well, I can't. I'm 5'10", and not that, you know, amazingly athletic. I could run if someone was chasing me. But, um, <laughs> but I, I couldn't be an NFL quarterback. I, I, I promise you, I love basketball. I cannot be an NFL power forward, an NBA power forward. I could set my mind to it and set my mind. And sometimes we teach people that. I, I, I used to watch American Idol, and, and it, it was embarrassing. People, people would step up there and they'd go, well, you can be anything you set your mind to. And then they start to sing and you go, well, darling, you can set your mind all day to sing, but you can't sing a lick. And, and then you get, they get mom out there. Well, I told them. I told them they could sing. I just told them that every time they sing, I cry. I'm like, well, we all cry when they sing. <laughs> no, mom, if you love that child, you look at her and go, darling, that is not your gift. So I wouldn't tell my child they can do. Listen, I've had children. I've looked at them and said, don't do it. All of my children. No, actually, Michael. Michael is a musician, our youngest one. He can play the violin. He can actually sing. But we looked at Christina. Joy gave her singing lessons forever. I finally said, why are we doing that? <laughs> I, looked at, I, I looked at my kids. I go, I love you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. You cannot sing. <laughs> and I taught her how to dance bad on purpose. So she would be embarrassed if she ever went to a club. It worked, it worked like a charm. Girl can't dance either. Can't sing, cannot dance. Hallelujah. But you understand that that's where, how about this? You can do whatever you set your mind to. I don't believe that for a moment. I can believe you can do whatever you're gifted to do. And if you have a, a talent or a gift and ability in that area and you take it and you develop it, yes. But here's the thing. You just can't tell somebody you can be any, you can do anything you can set your mind to. And I realize that goes that goes way against modern philosophy. Everyone's telling your kids you can be you can be anything. Actually, the Bible said if you raise up a child in the way they should go. So in other words, we begin to look at our children and go, what skills, what talents, what abilities do they have? What graces are in their life? And we want to move them in that direction. Does that make sense? And so, you, what, what, so that's some of that counsel is against the plan of God. Here's, here's the last one. I'll close with this one. Follow your passion. Let's start in the 90s. Um, follow your passion. Man, you just got to follow your passion, man. Man, my passion is gaming. But can you monetize that? Can you turn? Some people can monetize it. But if you playing games in your, in your mom's basement is not going to make money. You may want a J-O-B. And it may not be your passion but it will pay the bills. Making friends and influencing people tonight, I can tell. <laughs> How about, wait a minute. You say, well, Alan, shouldn't I, shouldn't I follow what I want to do? You, you followed your passion in, in doing this and in, in, in being a pastor of the church. I, I, okay, I did. Actually, what I did to be accurate was I followed the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And if you follow him, 
He can lead you in the areas that are your gifts and your talents and your abilities, and you will love them. You see what I'm saying? And so what I'm saying is we get all these philosophies in life, and we hang on to them like they're, the, they're, like they're Scripture. I would rather hang on to Scripture and look at the philosophies in the light of that. So I never told my kids, follow your passion. I said, follow your giftings. My, my oldest, Matthew, highly creative, very gifted, can't sing a lick. So I never said, dude, just follow your passion. i like, not publicly, because you can't sing. But artist eye, creative, great ideas, he's stout in that. Philip Moore, I can tell you this. Philip, in a brainstorming session, goes quiet. We're coming up with all these ideas. I got, I got leaders on this staff, and they're just bouncing ideas, and Philip's just sitting there until we come up with an idea, and then Philip says, okay, and here's how we're going to implement it. He is good at making details happen. But you need people like that because if you just got a bunch of idea people, it's like... Somebody's got to make it happen, y'all. Do, do, do you see what we're saying? But that's his, that's, that's his gifting, and he flows in that. Well, we just covered all kinds of stuff tonight, didn't we? We, we had. We had marriage turmoil. We had, we had, uh, we had laughed, gales of laughter. We had a good time. If you're here tonight, and you're saying, you know what, I, I, I don't know that I've ever asked Jesus Christ to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I, I, hope, I hope you've had fun, but I hope more than anything else. If you're watching online, that's what you do more than anything else. Because without him, phew, none of this happens. So we're going to say a prayer. We're not going to have people come to the front or, or stand up or anything, but I'm going to ask everyone to bow their head. And if you are, you're here tonight and you say, you know what, Alan, I don't, I don't know that I have a relationship. I'm not sure that I have a relationship, or I'm pretty sure I don't, but I want to. Or maybe like I was. I, was, I was, had a relationship with the Lord. I got far away from him, and I recognized in my heart I need to come back. If either one of those situations apply to you and you're saying, I want to change this tonight, would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just across this thing? Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Great. Anyone else? Yes, got you. got you. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray. If you didn't lift your hand and you really wanted to get on this, you can still get in. We're going to pray together. And you can pray it with us out loud. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus, that my past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. We rejoice with them for the ones who've come in and the ones who've come home. We thank you for the change that's taking place in them and the change that will take place through them. 
and we rejoice in it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.